Motorsports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Michael Guerin joining you to talk all things harness racing for the next 30 minutes or so. Hope the weekend was successful on the punt or your footy team got the job done. We, on the weekend, had our usual Menangle Saturday night, this time dominated by the Trotters. It's not a normal week, though, for harness racing in the state because we have the regional championship final coming out of Bathurst for 100,000. It's a Group 1 on Wednesday night, so Group 1 racing on a Wednesday night. We'll talk about that inside the next half an hour. Also get an update from New South Wales' leading driver on where some of the good horses are and when we can expect to see them next. The first guest this morning is that leading driver, Cameron Hart. Good morning to you, Cam. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Not a problem, Nick. Mate, just a, a normal Saturday night for you on Saturday coming out of Menangle. A couple of victories there and uh, on a couple of horses who, look, I thought... Um, one in particular might be a horse who isn't finished winning yet. His name is Tegan Banner for your good mate Jason Grimson. Big, strong type of a horse, and I think he'll work his way a bit further through the grades. Yeah, he's done a super job today. Um, I think he really suits the Mangle style of racing. He seems to um, follow the speed really well, and um, you know, it's probably the first time we put him on the front end since Jason had him, and um, you know, he passed that test as well. So. He's definitely doing everything right at the moment. They can very quickly, at Menangle, get up into free-for-all company. Um, is he a horse that's going to be a concern for? Does he have the speed to actually run with the free-for-alls? Yeah, I think he wouldn't look out of place in a free-for-all. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll go probably to the next level after that. But, um, yeah, like you said, you can get up in grey quite quick, quickly. But, um, you know, he's run some good time at Menangle, and I can't see why he wouldn't sort of feature in those bit weaker free-for-all right? A horse who looks a different type of horse you reigned to win on Saturday night is Romney, won the second on the card for Jared Elchin. He looks to be a horse who has, for a better's delight, quite a bit of speed. Yeah, he's a lovely little horse and he's probably been driven, you know, for his speed and he has shown a good turn of foot lately and he's just been flying and, you know, that's full credit to Jared. He's really got this horse in a good vein of form and yeah it's just a pleasure to drive as well we also saw in the free for all expensive ego too good but i thought a better run from your third place get a firefox is it a case that he's going to need maybe six more months in this free for all racing cam to, to toughen up because he, he clearly has the ability to run with them but um, at the moment, obviously, he tends to be running into Luke and Belinda's horses most Saturday nights. Yeah, I was pretty happy with his run on Saturday. You know, it was a pretty slow first half and ripped a good last half. So um, I was really happy the way he hit, hit, hit the line and would have went a good last half himself. So he was probably a bit of an immature horse uh, when Jace first got him. But I think the trip to Melbourne he had last year really sort of brought him on and he seems to be a bit more tractable than that this time in. So... I definitely think he's going to keep, you know, doing a good job in that free-for-all grade and hopefully he can step up, you know, in the next couple of months. The third of your winners on Saturday night was Paris Key, or Paris K. Um, you don't seem to drive 
quite as many trotting winners as pacing winners. Is that because of, obviously you drive your fair share, but is that because Cam, first of all, Jason Grimson, the guy you drive for the most, doesn't train a lot of trotters? And I suppose, secondly, a lot of the trotting trainers will drive their own horses. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, Jace probably, he's had the odd trotter here and there, but he doesn't normally take too many on. And, um, you know, I get the odd one for Jared. He, you know, majority of his uh, paces, but he does have, you know, three or four trotters there. So I really like um, driving them, especially the the better ones are, you know, real nice when they flatten out. But, um, yeah, it's probably, see a, a few of the other trainers, you know, bulk of their stable are trotters. So it's just the way it works out for me. Mate, before we talk about your drives at Bankstown today, where you don't have a huge book, um, one of your favourites, Majestic Cruiser, has been back at the trials. He trialled last week against a pretty good horse in South Coast Arden, and you didn't pull him out. He didn't seem to be put under any pressure. How does he feel to you at this stage? Because he had a very, very long 2022, and when do we expect to see him next? Yeah, he's been awesome in the trials, and it's good to have him back. He's, um, you know, his first trial, he probably came home in like a 53 half and felt unbelievable doing it, and he was much the same his second trial. So I think Jace is going to line him up this Saturday. I think it's over 2,300, which will suit him. And yeah, he's probably just looking for a bit of a break after his last preparation. He was, you know, here, there, and everywhere and done such a good job. So yeah, he's had a freshen up, and, um, you know, all systems go for him. He won the Blacks of Fake last year uh, in Queensland. Is he likely to return up there? Yeah, I think Jace is going to take the um, majority of his free-for-all horses up there and, and have a crack at that race. So um, that's the plan at this stage. He seems like a cool little dude of a horse to drive. He seems like a horse who who tries really hard, and, and obviously he's not a front-of-the-field type of horse, but... He must be a horse you've grown to have a lot of affection for after he, he pinned you on the big stage and, and kept you there for much of 2022. Yeah, definitely for sure. You know, to do a couple of trips to New Zealand with him and um, like you said, he's just a, a real gentleman to drive. So, um, you know, even going over to the New Zealand Cup and having my first drive in that and to, for him to run such a big race, he's definitely a special horse to all of us. Cam, you're the leading driver in New South Wales. I know you don't you don't tend to harp on about it, but obviously it's um it's a well known fact. Today they're racing at Bankstown, and you go there for a couple of drives. You've got three or four drives, and and you probably should get a winner. Is it a case that you don't go chasing drives at these meetings, or you don't have somebody to chase them for you? Because let's use a galloping example with. If Nash or Hugh Bowman was back in town, or of course J Mac was going to to Newcastle to ride at the Gallops, they'd probably have a full book. And yet you're only driving in half the races. What what's the thought process behind that? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think just a lot of the trainers have their own stable drivers or drive them themselves. So it's just the way it works out. And I sort of have you know all my trainers that I you know, stable driver for and I'm happy just to go and drive their horses and, you know, if I pick pick up a few others and that's fine. But, yeah, it just seems to be the, the way in the harness racing game a little bit that um, people have their drivers set and, and that's kind of the way it goes. All right, Cam, you do head there for the second on the card today. The first at Bankstown goes at 12.52. You're in race two driving Louisiana Freedom. And fair to say there's not much form to back up its chances. Then again, 
there's not much form in the opposition. Yeah, it's a very even race, and you know she is a good gate speed horse and got a good barrier, and probably at her best she'd be hard to beat in this race. But she's coming back from a swell. I think she's third up, but she just often takes you know four or five runs to really get to peak fitness. So she might still need a couple more runs, but I still expect her to be probably an each way hope in that race. Mate, you're driving Panacea's Seal in the third on the card. It's start 189. And this horse has been racing longer than you've been driving. Yeah, he's been around a long time, but, um, you know, he, he can always run a good race and he's got a good barrier for him. He loves the fence and um, probably much like the first race, it's, you know, not an overly strong race and he's probably a really good each-way chance. He lost start at Canberra. He just didn't get a lot of luck up the straight and probably should have won then. So hopefully he gets a little bit more today. Cam, just for our, our Gallops listeners or, or those who follow the harness but don't know it quite as intricately, when you talk about a horse loving the fence, is that because of their gait and the fact they like to have the marker pegs to, to therefore not be you know, getting wide on the track and striking a knee? Or with some of these older horses, is it a case that when they're on the marker pegs up against the speed, they feel happier and they try harder? Whereas, for example, when they're back in the field and pulling three or four wide, they maybe look after themselves a touch and, and don't let down quite as, as enthusiastically? Yeah, it's probably a bit of both, um, Mick. You know, with this horse in particular, like you said, he, on these tight half-mile tracks, he, he doesn't get the corners you know, quite as good out wide and does hang a little bit and can lose a bit of ground. So that's one advantage to being on the fence and... Like you said, a few of these old horses, they like to be covered up with a few horses around them and, um, you know, they seem to travel a little better that way rather than seeing, you know, clear air too early and, and wide. So, um, you know, you just got to keep those older horses guessing a little bit and um, try and keep them covered up a little longer. In the fourth on the card at 2.45, we're talking to Cameron Hart about his drives at Bankstown today. You drive incognito, huge drop in class, uh, raced in a regional championship heat last time at Menangle for Darren Binskin. You jump on for the first time this campaign. Look, it really does look almost the perfect race, even from the second line draw. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he's my best chance for the day for sure. And like you said, he's dropping well back in grade from the um, heat at, on Tuesday at Menangle. So. I uh, expect him to be pretty hard to beat. The only tricky thing is the draw, but I think he's got the ability to overcome that today. We mentioned earlier a couple of horses you were draw, a horse you were driving who um, had been around since before you started driving. There's another one in race five, Run Delight. Uh, it's had 233 starts. Hasn't done a bad job. It's won 25 races, very consistent. 27 seconds, 25 thirds. So you're on a horse who probably knows what it needs to do yeah for sure he's um definitely not lacking any experience but yeah he's been such a lovely horse for you know a couple of trainers he's been at and um he's been racing really well at the moment he's probably dropping down in grade a little bit today and um you know he's got a nice little fence draw there he's just going to need a little bit of luck but he'll definitely be an each way show today and Cam, we've spoken about your next and last drive plenty of times over the last year or so. Clement Sorrell, another one for David Waite. Now, this is a remarkable stat for our galloping listeners out there who think they know some pretty hardy horses. Clement Sorrell is going around today 
for the 359th time. Now, Cam, what's it like driving a horse who's been out there 359 times? Because I presume when you get on the track to warm him up, he just rolls out the gate and runs around in circles at his own speed because I'm pretty sure he knows what's going on. Yeah, like a few of those others, he's not lacking any experience and he's been such a good horse today. But he, um, you know, probably the reason why he's still racing, he, he is quite quirky still out on the track and, and can get out there and want to, you know, go a little bit or, you know, even jump a few shadows and things like that. So he, he's a 13, 14 year, 14 year old horse in a two year old's body a little bit uh, sometimes. So he just loves racing and he's been such a good old, you know, consistent horse and, um, you know, today he's got a good barrier for him and uh, hopefully he'll run well. All right, Cam, you head to um, Menangle tomorrow for the uh, the regular Tuesday afternoon meeting. Have you got one at Menangle you fancy or is it a case, as it sometimes is with you, you do the form day by day and worry about that tomorrow? Yeah, I haven't done a lot of form for Menangle, but, um, you know, I've just sort of skimmed through them when they come out and I thought my ultimate Chevron probably looked my best chance in the last race, race seven. So he's won his last couple and he's going really well. He's got, you know, a fair bit of ability and if he gets a good trip, he'll be probably winning. Mate, we're looking forward to seeing Majestic Cruiser, one of the most underrated horses in the country, back on Saturday night. Mate, hey, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today about the old boys you're driving out at Bankstown today. Uh, get round safe. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Cameron Hart, champion young bloke, and yeah, quite remarkable. Goes to Bankstown today and doesn't even have remotely a full book of drives, and plenty of the ones he are, is driving probably don't have a great chance. So it's... um. Quite remarkable, vastly different from the galloping situation where you would expect the leading jockey, if they wanted to, to have a full book if they went to uh, what we would call a a minor meeting on a Monday afternoon. Uh, A guy who's had not only winners on the weekend, but has a really interesting horse, maybe the horse of the week for most interesting horse in New South Wales lining up this week, is Paul Fitzpatrick. Hey Paul, thank you for taking the time to join us today mate. Hello, Paul. Are you with us? Okay, we might have a small issue with Paul Fitzpatrick. He's got a fascinating horse lining up at Bathurst on Wednesday night who many people may remember the horse's name. It's called South Coast Arden. Now, the reason it's fascinating, and it's lining up in a a $9,000 race at Bathurst, is it's previously run third in a New Zealand Cup it's one of Harness Jewels by five lengths, beating the likes of Copy That. And it's run one in New Zealand free for all, beating the likes of Spankham and Self Assured. So he is an extremely good horse. He's a newcomer to Paul Fitzpatrick's team. Uh, good morning to you, Paul. Um, not every day of the week a horse like South Coast Arden turns up on the property. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah, we well, were pretty lucky for. Um Philip Kennard, the ringers. Okay, so he's a big, rolling, strong type of a horse, and he's come across from New Zealand. Now, he's come across a long time ago, so I take it you let him get into your system and relax and start to learn a bit about how you do things, and you deliberately haven't rushed him to get him to the races? Well, he'd had a good spell before he came, so he's actually, yeah, he's just worked up and um, 
just sort of got ready for nothing special, really, just to try and regain his form that he, that he had early. And um, so he's, um, yeah, he's been pretty good. So this free-for-all came up at Bathurst on Wednesday night. We thought it was just a good, nice starting point. And um, he's had a couple of trials, which, which he's won, but he hasn't had any pressure put on him. So we just thought on Wednesday night, you know, it would be a good starting point for him. Okay, so this is uh, race three, Bathurst on Wednesday night. They have their regional championship final, which we'll preview with Brittany at 10.30 on Wednesday morning. But we're talking about South Coast Arden, who's in race three. What sort of feel does he give you, Paul? Because clearly he won a harness jewels by five lengths and he's raced at the absolute highest level. Does he still seem motivated to be a very good horse? Uh, well, it's hard to say, really, because he's he's quite casual at home. And um, as I say, he's been to the trials a couple of times, but he's had no pressure put on him. And um, Gavin said he's even quite relaxed at the trials. So uh, um, we're looking forward to Wednesday night because you know, it'll be a good starting point. He's actually drawn quite awkward. And uh, we'll have to drive him in behind because he's a noted front, uh, front runner. And a, and a fast beginner. So, um, yeah, Wednesday night's going to be interesting to see how he goes. Just for the punters, Paul, he has drawn one on the second line over 17.30. Is it a case that Gavin will be happy to stay on the marker pegs for the majority of the race and not be pulling back to last, looping them and trying to do something too heroic? Just to give those people who are going to watch this race an indication of what you're expecting. Oh, look... Honestly, I I haven't spoke to Gavin about it, but I mean I would be surprised if he stayed on the fence, um, because he's a uh, we we um it's it's not a a stronger field that he's used to racing against, although it's only a mile and um, being back in the field at Bathurst can be can be awkward, but I think he he'd be looking to give him a without knocking him around, he'd be giving him a nice hit out. So um, I can't see him being on the fence myself. Okay, well at least we know he's going to be somewhere in the running line and getting his chance and and what's a tricky little first contest for him. Is he a horse you could potentially see being good enough to turn up and go to Queensland or is that too far ahead to think for a horse who's coming back from from what was quite a dramatic form slump in the last six months? Um, Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think he'll he'll have to earn his stripes. he, he's, um, they sent him over to us mainly for the mile racing at Menangle, uh, which, which they, um, they seem to think will suit him. So I think he'll just start off there, and um, th- that's tough enough. If you can be uh, competitive and successful at Menangle on a Saturday night, you can go probably where you like. On the subject of horses being successful at Menangle on Saturday night, you have Electra, who is a really lovely little mare um, in your stable, and I was surprised, Paul. I was surprised she was able to sit parked outside Fairy Tinkerbell and beat her fair and square over a mile last Saturday. Were you surprised? Oh, not really, because she's, she has been going very good lately. You know, her runs in Wagga, in the final at Wagga, was very good. And um, she's just a mare that's just getting better all the time, you know. She's out of a great mare, have a good family. And, um, yeah, she's probably getting to the stage now. Um, that she, and she's so, such a nice race mare, tries hard and that. And so, yeah, yeah we didn't we didn't think she'd sit outside and breathe her, but we weren't, they were only going steady when, um, when she went up and sat outside us. But they got home a good half, so she did go very good. 
Okay, she's uh, clearly you know, good enough to race with the good mares. Is she a horse who has a, a decent mares target, a black type type race uh, in on the agenda? Um, yes and no. You know, if it came up um, while she's going, we'd go in it for sure. You know, she she's only got to that stage now. She hasn't really had the opportunity to race the good mares yet. So um, yeah, we'd be looking forward to it. You lined up one of your stable stars, J.O.K., in the free for all the other night at Menangle, and it was pretty much over after 200 metres. Ultra Orlando led, handed up to the stable mate. I think everybody realised they couldn't win from there. What did you make of J.O.K. after that? Well, he's going to have a month off, that probably tells you. <laughs> OK. Is he racing a bit flat? Uh, well, no, he really, his whole, his whole time in this year, with um, this preparation, we've been disappointed with him. Um, I just can't sort of get him to, you know, the stage where we think he's very good. And um, so he's going to have a break. And um, he was never going to go to Queensland, so he can have a break over the winter and uh, get back for the spring. Do you have a horse coming up in the next week or so, Paul, away from South Coast Arden or something that's been at the trials we can put in our black book for the punters listening to Sky Sport Radio this morning? Um no, well, we haven't really got a, a terrible lot racing at the moment. Um, probably he had one that went on Thursday night. He's probably he's probably going all right at the moment. Yankee Ideal, he's going okay. Um, so that'll be yeah, that'll be Penrith on Thursday. Yeah, he should be at Penrith Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Mate, we look forward to uh, to seeing South Coast Arden. Paul, it's a great story. He was a very, very good horse who's got no form. He's going to turn up a bit surprisingly at Bathurst on a Wednesday night. Mate, we're looking forward to seeing how he goes for you. And well done with Electra, who did a big job at Menangle on Saturday night. Thanks for joining us, Paul. OK, thanks, mate. Paul Fitzpatrick, that's, um, that's a horse worth, worth watching. South Coast Arden, so very, very good horse. Raced at the absolute highest level. Turns up at race three at Bathurst on regional championships final night on Wednesday. As mentioned, Brittany will dive more into that regional championship form for you on Wednesday. Hoping to get hold of uh, Anthony Frisby to talk about some of that now, if we can. We've had a call through to Greg Sugars this morning. We've had no luck with Greg because Greg's heading to Sweden tomorrow. Yep. Hard to believe. He's heading to Sweden with his wonderful little trotter, Just Believe. Uh, Just Believe will go Singapore to Amsterdam, and then it will head to Sweden. And we have luckily, because he's going to be pretty busy at the moment, as anybody knows, when you're heading overseas, Greg Sugars does join us now. So, Greg, um, thanks for taking the time, mate. I know it's a busy time coming up for you. When do you and your little mate leave for Sweden? Uh, yeah, g'day Mick. Um, yeah, we head off tomorrow, so we're in sort of final preparations for everything um, at the moment. And uh, yeah, the transport truck will be here um, about, I don't know, somewhere between five or six o'clock uh, tomorrow evening to pick us up. Okay, so you go to Singapore, you obviously stay on the plane, I presume you then head to Amsterdam, and then you have to truck down somehow from Amsterdam uh, into Malmo and then up until Stockholm. How far is it relatively door-to-door, Greg? Um, they, they say the, the trip will take roughly 60 hours, um, somewhere in that vicinity. So obviously the flight's a major part of it. Um, by the time we get off in Amsterdam and then there's a short stop over, um, we'll be staying overnight 
if anyone wants to Google it and look up at a place called the Holland Horse Hotel, which uh, looks quite impressive from what I've seen so far. So that's his uh, his first uh, decent stopover, um, and then he'll be on a truck from there and truck uh, through to Denmark onto a ferry across to Sweden, and um, that whole trip is is probably another eighteen hours there so all in all by the time we arrive in Stockholm we're looking uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 60 hours all right you're taking him there to race you and your wife Jess are taking him to race in the elite lop or as the Swedes call it the elite loppet on the last Sunday in May what's the thought process Greg because he's a very good horse he's turned into the best trotter maybe in Australasia but definitely in Australia but the Swedes and the Italians and the French and the US trotters are at a different level. So what's the thought process behind this? Is it a chance of a lifetime, let's do it? Or is it, let's go over there and try and make the final? Do you have any thoughts about what you're hoping to achieve? Oh, look, obviously, we're, we're, the experience is probably uh, the number one ticket item to go there and uh, obviously see a different part of the world. Um, get a, gain a lot of experience ourselves and hopefully a bit of knowledge and pick up a few things. So that's all first and foremost. But, you know, we're taking a horse over there where, that we have the utmost faith in. And, um, you know, he's taken all before him, um, obviously through his last preparation or so here. And um, he's such a reliable, uh, resilient sort of horse. That I, I think he's, he's the type of horse that would put himself well wherever he goes. Um, obviously, um, as you say, that we're taking on uh, the European horses that uh, are clearly probably better than us across the board. Um, we expect, you know, that when, you, when these, this field is, is formed, that um, like most races at top end racing anywhere in the world, there's usually, um, you know, there's maybe three or four or half a dozen standouts, and, and hopefully the rest are sort of uh, somewhere in the mix, uh, similar to us. So. It's going to play, uh, luck in running is obviously going to play a vital part in, um, you know, in our chances of making the final. Um, but trying to do a little bit of form on most of the runners um, over the recent weeks that, um, you know, I'm hopeful that in the ideal world, if the horse gets there and he's in his um, A-plus form and, and travels well, that uh, if he gets the dream run and, and lobs the right spot, Hopefully he can hold his own, and um, if he makes the final, um, yeah, that'll be a dream come true. For those who don't know, the Elite Lop um, has heats during the day on a Sunday at Solvala outside Stockholm. Then they have a final a couple of hours later. That might sound a bit crazy, Greg, to some of our galloping listeners or even our greyhound listeners, but of course your horse has done that and successfully because that's exactly the same format for the Great Southern Star at Melton, the two races, or this Great Southern Star, was moulded on um, the elite lot. So therefore, at least you know we can race twice in one day and get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully we obviously get through to the final and we get the chance to race twice in one day. And, and if that scenario unfolds, then we know, as you say, a horse that's been there and done it before and, and done it quite well. So um, it was obviously a little bit unknown because that was his first crack at that sort of thing and of course Greg, we, just we just got to hope that we get through Greg it's it's a real journey into the unknown 
what sort of research have you been able to do? Who have you been able to speak to to, to maybe um, make it not so unknown? And what's the biggest concern or the biggest difference you just believe and Jess face? Um, yeah, we've spoken to obviously quite a few of the uh, the, the Kiwis and, and Aussies that have been there before um, about uh, Sweden itself. Um, so Brent Lilly's obviously the most recent one and Anthony Butt um, obviously went quite a few years ago with Lyle Creek and um, yeah, they've been extremely helpful as, as well as uh, a few other trainers that have uh, had interstate trips. So Peter Moody... Um, Obviously, um, no, no stranger to travelling horses overseas, and I spoke to him about uh, the preparations of, of travelling a horse overseas, so he was very, very helpful. So we've had a lot of great advice from a lot of people, and um, yeah, it's hard. It's still a little bit hard to know what to expect, I suppose, until we see it there for ourselves. Um, but yeah, we've done as much research into um, you know where we're going, how it's all going to unfold, and um, as we can, and I'm sure when we get to the other end, we'll be in, in great hands and there'll be plenty of people to point us in the right direction. Greg, when most people are getting going on a trip of this magnitude, they're packing their bags, they're all excited, they're making restaurant bookings, they're, they're hoping, uh, they're thinking about themselves. Is it a case when you're taking a horse that you're almost packing your bag and you're secondary to this first 60 hours, and all you're really thinking about is how to get just believe from A to B, C, D, and E? Absolutely. Um, there's obviously, you know, the 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 personal things that we want to achieve out of this this trip, and and things we want to experience and see um, for ourselves uh, have to come secondary, really, to the horse. Um, you know, he's the reason we're going, so we've got to put his, um, you know, his health and condition and everything um, at the forefront of our minds. And obviously, if he doesn't get there and and travel well, um, you know, it's kind of a, a lost exercise for us. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, it, it's we've gone through a stage where the the news of making this trip was obviously extremely exciting for us, and and um, you know, it gave us a whole range of emotions. And then that, the last sort of week or two, as it's uh, really starting to come together, it's more more a bit stress related, I suppose, just to make sure that the horse is still in good order and leaves here in good order, and then obviously gets there in good order. So. Um, yeah, fingers crossed we've done everything that we can up to this point in time to have him prepared as, as well as possible and um, what happens after he gets on the plane um, remains to be seen. Mate, it's a wonderful experience. I've been to eight elite lots. So I absolutely love it. Oh, you will have a ball. Um, we wish you the best of luck. We hope you do Australia proud. They will love having you there. You'll feel very welcomed. And if you make the final, for those who don't know, only one Australasian trotter has ever made the final for the elite lop out of about 10 who have tried. Greg, what we might try and do is we might try and get hold of you in a couple of weeks and, and talk to you post-Elite Lop. I'm sure you'll be full of adrenaline, so you'll probably be awake in Sweden at, at midnight on a Sunday night. So don't be, um, don't be concerned if you're getting a call from a Sydney number in a couple of weeks. Between now and then, mate, we wish you the best of luck and travel safe. No worries. Thank you very much. That's Greg Sugars, along with his wife, Jess Tubbs. They are taking Just Believe on a 60-hour odyssey to get to Sweden starting tomorrow night. And in two weeks' time, that's two weeks Sunday, so two weeks yesterday, they will race in the Elite Loppet, one of the great races in the harness racing world. Brittany Graham, myself, and of course Sky Television will keep you up to speed on all of that over the next two weeks as he flies the Australian flag 
on the toughest of all world stages. We thank the team here at Sky Sport Radio for giving us time to talk to him and go a little bit over our allotted half an hour. We'll be back on Wednesday morning to talk more things harness racing, this time a bit closer to home. Bathurst have the $100,000 regional final. Brittany Graham will be back with you for On The Pace on that morning at 10.30.